Hello, friends. This week, I was planning on introducing you to Project Scent. This incredible nonprofit is based in Thompson Falls, Montana, and its mission is to get kids outdoors and connected with nature. Boom. Simple. It says so right on their website. So, I met with their executive director via Zoom um, to talk about their awesome nonprofit. Um, again, really not sure how this whole thing is going to come out at the, after all is said and done, but let's just let's just try it. Um, well, it's, you can edit the of it, right? I, that's my plan. I intended to ask about the camps and their incredible fundraiser events. Uh, I was certain we would speak about how Project Ascent got started and what, what their future goals would be. Instead, for nearly three hours, we spoke of everything but Project Ascent. We spoke about quarantine coping. No, we, we were making sure that we get out and we go for a hike every day. That's, that's kind of our, our mix-it-up moment. Mindfulness. The progressive muscle relaxation deal. I have them lay down and they start, you know, on their toes. And they'll squeeze them and relax them and then move up to the next muscle. And, you know, it's, you know, it's funny you picked that one. I mean, um, I, you know, I preach mindfulness. You know, I try to get our kids to participate in that. But as a practice, I'm, I'm kind of a hypocrite. I really struggle with it because my mind tends to shoot in a zillion directions. Um, I hate to be told what to do, right? And that is one of the few exercises that I found that actually works for me to actually bring me into the moment, actually where I'm not thinking about anything except for what I'm doing. It, it's just strange, you know, that whole just... And it's... Uh, is it that progressive one too, where by the end, you're just doing that full body clench yep and then yeah and that's i mean i and i don't i don't understand why that works <laughs> but i do right. know i do know that it's one of the few exercises that i've actually done with the kids where i come out of it like oh okay well how was that for you guys <laughs> right yeah. it was awesome for me <laughs> yeah no um well i think i think that's part of that is it's so hard when you're told to clear your mind um, it's so hard to do that. It just is. It's hard to have nothing on our minds. Um, and that's one reason why I love doing what, what Project Descent does is because one of the, the only places that that really works is when you're away from everything. It dawned on me that to truly understand what Project Descent is all about then you got to get to know Rob. Mr. C, as he's fondly referred to by most in this community, is the founder and executive director of Project Ascent. And once you get to better know Rob, then you get a better understanding of why very little of Project Ascent is actually boom simple. So, we at the Friends have decided to turn my conversation with Rob into a multi-part series. Future episodes will discuss the nonprofit. But tonight, episode one, it's all about Rob. My name is Ray Brown, and you're listening to Your Wild Place. Tell us a little bit about you. Like, first off, you know, who is, who is Rob Christensen? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, sometimes I wonder, uh, 
who is Rob Christensen? Well, I mean, I'm just, um, I, uh, grew up with a great family. Uh, honestly, just, just loving, supportive, um, had a wonderful upbringing, really not a lot of hardship growing up. I mean, we weren't rich by any means, but, um, yeah. Weren't, weren't you adopted? I was adopted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I know you're, you're about to just kind of glaze over that a little bit and I almost felt like you weren't <laughs> about to mention that. And I, I just, I love so much that you're just like, you know, Hey, I grew up in a loving family and blah, blah, blah. But you were adopted, right? I mean, right. so how how old were you when that? Oh man, I think I was like six weeks old. I mean, I was just just uh, you know wet behind the ears still. So uh, this is this is the only family you've ever known. This is all. Yeah. You... Yep. Yep. Okay. The only family I've ever known. I mean, and I and it's it's funny because I just talked about this the other day with with um, a friend of mine that that had no idea. It just came up in conversation kind of the same way. I mean, I just don't, it's not something that I even think about offering up ever. It, it's just the, in a, if I don't think about it, um, you know, consciously, uh, I don't ever, ever even talk about it. I think there's a lot of people that, that don't know that uh, about me. I, I, I um, knew you for years before, it, before it popped up. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's just one of those things that, that kind of casually sometimes comes up in conversation, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and and I was adopted, and, and people always kind of balk at that, which is almost kind of weird to me that, that people balk at that, because it's like, well, what's, you know, what's weird about that? I, you know, my family's my family, but I think I just, you know, I was so fortunate to be adopted by who I was adopted by. I mean, to, to get to get what a luck of the draw to get the family that I got. And I mean, it's never been any different. It's always been my mom, my dad, my sister was also adopted. Um, you know, my, my parents weren't able to have kids and, um, and, and it's the same for her. I mean, she, she really never thinks twice about it. Uh, you know, the only time that it ever got kind of weird was I was graduated. I was 18 and, and my birth mom did reach out to me and, uh, with a letter through Lutheran social services and, um, and wanted to know, you know, if she could get a hold of me or if we could connect somehow. And, 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 and it kind of got weird. I mean, thinking about that, sure. it was, you know, that's a, that's kind of a monkey wrench into a, a life right. that, that had been going so smoothly and perfectly till then, you know, and, um, and I, at that time, I chose not to. I was like, you know what? I, I really don't have any desire to start a new relationship with with a birth sure. mom, uh, which at that point is a stranger. You know, thanks for giving me life, but uh, but you know, I have mom and dad and, and right. that kind of thing. Wow. So um, I did send her a letter. I wrote her a letter. Said, hey, I you know I was I did great in school. I was honor roll uh, all the way through. I was a you know, four-year letterman in two sports. I'm I'm gonna be a teacher and a coach, and right. uh, and a center a, a senior pitcher, sure. and said, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for uh, allowing me the life that I've had. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I and I just kind of left it that, and I and I hadn't heard from her since. How how long did it take for you to write this letter? 
Uh, not long. I mean, it was it just came out. Huh? Just yeah. Came oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was about a week after. Um, I didn't. I I think I I, I just kind of rolled with my gut on that, and and just at the time it was like, you know what, I I'm I'm solid. I'm I'm right. good with where I'm at, and yeah. and uh, but I do want this this uh, person to know how much I appreciate them giving me a chance at, at such a wonderful life, and, right. and that's what they do. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's. It's kind of amazing, sweet. There's there's a little bit of sadness in there, but at the same time, you know, you understand kind yeah. of where it all comes from. Yeah. See, I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about, right? I mean, there's there's context, right? And I think all that heart and all that mindfulness and you know and everything that you're considering when you're writing this letter, I think all of that stuff kind of goes into Project Descent, right? And I think I think yeah. every every one of your camps that you develop and how you kind of got to start it from the ground up and the, all, all of this kind of comes from that same place. Early on, Rob had developed a passion for coaching, for teaching kids. Well, throughout high school, I, I mean, I've just always been really good with uh, coaching kids. I was a, a, a wrestler and got the chance to coach a lot, uh, being, a, being a high school wrestler at the level I was. And um, I got to coach the little guy programs. And, I, and man, it just did something for me, you know. and, and and I knew there that was my heartbeat, you know, and it was, it was given back, I think is, is what it is really. It's, um, I, I truly believe that that's, that's the way to make a difference. And isn't that kind of what life's about, right? It's sure. just not what you take with you when you go, but what you leave behind, right? In four short years, Rob had worked at seven different schools. In one year, he found himself working for a school with an 85% Native American population rate, where 94% of the lunches were free or reduced. And Rob loved it. He took it as a challenge. And he actually felt an obligation to prove that that white guy was worth the effort. I don't seem to fit anywhere I go. I keep on turning pages. Hoping I can find a home Well, I'm too hot in the summer In the winter, I'm too cold I don't seem to fit anywhere I go To work in this environment, what the white kid decided to do was focus on keeping things straight in his classroom through classroom management. What this means is you discuss rules, you set boundaries, you clearly define behavior you will tolerate, and most importantly, you define behavior you will not tolerate. But fortunately for Rob, he taught PE. You cross his line, you sit on the bench, and you don't play. Things generally went pretty well for Rob. Until. One, one day... Uh, I, I noticed this, this, one of my kids, um, was just off, you know, and he was, he was kind of being a jerk. He was, he was not, not being nice to other kids. He's being a little unsafe. He was, uh, not being smart with the equipment. Um, and, and I said, you know what, just go, go sit on the bench for a while. And about 10 minutes later, I look over and he's just crashed and he is just passed out on the bench. Hmm. And, uh, and so I let him sleep and, and about a half hour later, he woke up right before class was getting out. And 
uh, normally, you know, I'd just keep her on in my class and until the end, but something just kind of hit me and I, and I walked over to him and I said, Hey man, um, you know, what's going on? What, what's happening with you? And he told me this story that just broke my heart. I mean, his uncle had come home drunk and, and his beat up his mom. He was up all night with his younger brother. They were both crying all night and he was just exhausted. And, and that's when that, that switch kind of flipped in me. And it was, it was more about, it was less about having to teach this lesson and making sure that the kids got as much from this lesson that I had prepared for them. Um, and more about, Hey, did I do everything for this kid today that I could? Um, it was, it was more about their life at the moment, you know? And so that's when I kind of started thinking about the, the counseling gig a little bit. Um, and, and the counseling really kicked into gear. I, I actually had taken a year off of teaching. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did, no, I didn't. Uh, I got, I got to a point where, uh, I was starting to let my, I felt myself starting to get down about the education system sure. a little bit, you yeah. know, and, and when meaningful things happen to you like that with kids, you start analyzing the, the inner workings a little bit of, of what you're doing. Right. right. And, and the system that you're kind of stuck in and, um, uh, and, and I wasn't happy with it and, and I, it was starting to bring me down. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to do something different and, and kind of figure out if this teaching thing is for me. And I went and built houses for a year with a buddy of mine. That's a contractor. Sure. Right. So, totally different. And then you feel lost because man, I spent how many years of my life training to be what I am now and then eight years of actually in practice and right. look at all the things I've done. And now all of a sudden, you know, I don't want to do it anymore or it's just not, it's, it's not, it's not making my heart warm anymore. Right. It's, it's yeah. not. Me. Yeah. It was a scary, scary time, man. It just was. And, and it was, it was a turning point in my life. Um, but I, but I knew I had this other opportunity where I could still make money and get by and then kind of figure out from there, you know, um, well, was it, was it really what I love to do? Um, or is, is there something else out there for me? And, and, you know, I, I think at, at that age, I, I wasn't worried about not having enough time to, to restart a career. Right. Um, but it was just like, did I waste all that time of my life? Uh, but then, you know, that brings me back to my point originally of, you know, then looking at it after taking a year off and saying, man, you know what, I was, if I made a difference in one kid's life, you know, a month, man, what a legacy, right? What, yeah. what a cool thing. Yeah. And here I am putting up sheetrock and mudding and boy, you want to talk about, you know, it not doing anything for you. First off. I'd like to say thank you and tip my hat to every professional sheetrocker out there. You have my absolute respect. I honestly believe it's the toughest trade in construction. So anytime I find myself sheetrocking, I begin to question my decisions that have led me there. Rob was beginning to question some of his decisions. You know, I found myself missing it. Yeah. And, and... 
I found myself realizing that the intrinsic reward of what I was doing uh, was so much more important than focusing on the system itself and what I was stuck in and what I was doing. Because regardless, at the end of the day, if I help that kid on that bench sure. by just sure. sitting down and talking to him, then I'm serving a purpose, right? right. And that's more important. Right. And I got back into it. Uh, I landed a job in Townsend, which is right on Canyon Ferry Lake. Sure. Uh, it was uh, started off with driver's ed, teaching that. <laughs> uh, okay. That was my in, you know. They liked me so much that <laughs> we're going to uh, give you this job. We love you yeah, so much. <laughs> yeah, part-time job came open, and, right, and they're right. like, "Hey, you know what? We know the guy. The kids love this guy. Let's get him in there." And uh, and so I got in in Townsend, and that's when I started my master's uh, for counseling. Was okay. was during those two years, and after I got my master's, then the Thompson Falls job came up, mm-hmm. and another one in Forsyth. And boy, that was a day. I we drove to Thompson Falls from Townsend. My dad came with me, and uh, I I'll remember it forever. But we drive into Thompson Falls. And the minute we passed the first building, the, the, the bar there, Big Eddie's, this group of white-tailed deer walk across the road. And, right. you know, that's like of anywhere else, really. I mean, unless you live in a mountain town. And I looked at my dad and he looked at me. He's like, well, this is where you need to be, son. You know, <laughs> open your eyes. Um, and so I went and interviewed. And then uh, the next morning, or no, it was right after our interview that day, that morning. We had to drive to Forsyth, which is like eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so driving to Forsyth, I think we were about Anaconda and the school district called me and they're like, Hey, do you want this job? We'd like to offer it to you. Right. And I was like, man, I, you know, I, I promised this school I would interview there. I said, you know, it wouldn't be fair if I just took this offer. Can you give me till tomorrow? And, and they were like, yeah, sure. We'll give you till tomorrow, but make sure that you, jump on it you know as soon as you can and yeah so that felt good you know that was a load off i went into my next interview knowing that i already had a job offer and so obviously i just killed the interview in foresight and uh dad and i went and golfing right after that in foresight (laughs) Uh, that's a a big day (laughs) yeah yeah it was great man and and, uh so I'm we're sitting there golfing and, and Forsyth called me and they're like, hey, we'd like to offer you the job. And, uh, but it was kind of a no-brainer. It just was. And my mind went back to the white-tailed deer walking across the road. And that, my friends, is how Mr. C arrived in Thompson Falls. Now think about that. First, he has a, a very traumatic story shared with him by a student that nearly leads him to leave his education career altogether. That's big. Deer crossing the street in front of him helps him decide that he's going to move to Thompson Falls. That's ridiculous. But who am I to judge, right? I moved to Arizona because of a dream. I moved back from Arizona to Montana because of a dream. People do strange things for strange reasons, but they always just seem to work out. And that, my friends, is the Project Ascent way. 
listening to Your Wild Place, brought to you by the Friends of Scotchman Peaks Wilderness. For more information on the Friends, visit our website at scotchmanpeaks.org. Now we just wrapped up episode one of what will be our multi-series special with Project Ascent. Today, it was all about Rob. More episodes will follow, so you gotta stay tuned. If you'd like to know more about Project Ascent, you can visit their website at projectdescent.org. Our theme music is provided by Ben Olson and Katie Archer. Plus, a huge shout out and thank you to Bo DePena for giving us permission to use his tunes on today's podcast. give you that it is it is absolutely stunning here but i mean do you still get that you know feeling every time you see deer crossing the street i don't yeah that's gone <laughs> right that's yeah just, it's yeah. gone right you just you get so used to it it's amazing like you, you you get so accustomed to it right? um, um acclimated i guess to seeing turkeys in your front yard every morning and you know, everywhere. but this is the only place I've ever lived. Um, I mean, ever that uh, I, I, even if I'm just gone for the day, if I go to Missoula, if I go to Sandpoint, or if I go to Spokane, every time I drive away, I'm just like, God, this area is beautiful. And then every time I drive back into town, you're just like, God, this area is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, and I've been here since '92, and it's, I get that still every freaking time i mean right one way or the other and it's just that's that's a blessing in, in it's, and exactly that's a blessing i say that all the time that we're, we're so lucky to live in a place where people retire we have something special planned for mother's day and we'd like for you to hear it the best way for you to hear that episode and anything else we may create in the future is to go to wherever it is that you listen to your podcast and subscribe to Your Wild Place. And while you're there, give us a stars and give us a little feedback. Let us know how we're doing. My name's Ray Brown, and I'm the editor of this podcast, and I really appreciate you for listening. You'll be hearing again from us soon.